what's really interesting here at the Mary Baker Eddy Library is we actually have this wonderful, diverse collection that's not just specifically about Mary Baker Eddy's life, but about the Christian science movement since its founding. And I think our collection gives us an opportunity to tell these really fascinating stories about women from a variety of different walks of life, dating from you know the mid-19th century up through even today. That was research archivist Dorothy Rivera speaking about the Mary Baker Eddy Library's collections as a resource for the blog series Women of History. Welcome to Seekers and Scholars, a podcast from the Mary Baker Eddy Library in Boston and online at mbelibrary.org. I'm Jonathan Eder, Programs Manager at the Library. We are a research institution dedicated to the life, achievements, and writings of Mary Baker Eddy and their ongoing impact. In this episode, we're going to be visiting with Dorothy Rivera and Steve Graham from the Mary Baker Eddy Library to explore the stories of the Women of History blog and what they reveal about the importance of Mary Baker Eddy and her legacy for a wide range of women. From famous public figures to those of quieter influence, from those for whom Christian science was central in their life and work, to those who intersected with Mary Baker Eddy and her legacy in other ways. As I mentioned, Dorothy is a research archivist at the library, and Steve is Senior Manager of Programs and Communications. Welcome, Dorothy. Hi, it's great to be here. And welcome, Steve. Hi. It's great to be with you to explore what you've been doing as researchers and writers for the library's Women of History blog series. Steve, I'll start with you. You've been involved with the blog on Women of History since its beginning. How did it get started, and why was it important for the Mary Baker Eddy Library to focus on stories of women? Women have been underrepresented in terms of what they've done in the world, and perhaps rather ironically even in the Christian science movement, considering that it was founded by a woman. So to be able to bring out these untold stories and and shed light on ones that had already been told was was something that we recognized was truly interesting and valuable. Yeah, that's right, Steve. A lot of the women we have come from a whole variety of time periods. A lot of the women we have weren't contemporaries of Mary Baker Eddy. But I think that sort of demonstrates the long-term impact that Mary Baker Eddy's life and work had on a whole variety of women. And, for example, we have people like Kay Fanning, who was the editor of the Christian Science Monitor in the 1980s. She was the first woman to lead an international newspaper in that way. And she was someone for whom Christian science was incredibly important to her. So I think that's one of the nice things about this sort of blog series is that you get sort of a real sense of the different ways that Christian science has impacted these different women. Yeah, we have we have women who we've profiled from so many different walks of life, and some of them have been really strictly focused on Christian science mm-hmm. healing, where others uh, were were engaging with it in terms of their profession. So we're running a gamut here. It's interesting that the first couple of selections that we made were from Eddie's own time period. Who was the very first woman that you profiled in the series? That would be Susan B. Anthony. So you started strong. (laughs) We started strong. 
Uh, we knew there was a connection, uh, uh, an interesting intersection between those two figures, uh, Susan B. Anthony and Mary Baker Eddy. They were contemporaries. They almost lived exactly the same uh, time. Uh, and they knew of each other. And they shared many common goals and, and aspirations, but they pursued them in quite distinct ways. Uh, whereas Mary Baker Eddy uh, did that through her discovery of Christian science, Susan B. Anthony was a grassroots uh, activist, really. But um, there was a story to tell. Uh, Susan B. Anthony, of course, was a suffragist, and while Mary Baker Eddy wasn't that in the traditional sense, certainly um, her writings indicate very powerfully uh, that she was radical in her time for her support of women's rights. And uh, we found a, a, a very interesting story to tell in the way Susan B. Anthony engaged with Christian science. She took a course in Christian science healing with one of Eddie's students, and then she went on to hear Eddie speak at, in Chicago at the Chicago Music Hall in 1888. So, Dorothy, I know you started contributing to the series more recently than Steve, but have you been able to kind of establish a couple of favorites of, of your own um, that you'd like to yeah. uh, specify for us? One of the people that I found really interesting was I did an article on a woman named Sarah Pike Conger, and she was the wife of a gentleman named Edwin Conger. He was the minister to China for the United States during the Boxer Rebellion. Boxers were a group of individuals in China who were opposed to, among other things, Christianity, Western influence, things of that nature. And so they actually laid siege to the foreign legations in Beijing. It was known as Peking at the time. Um, and what happened was Sarah Pike Conger, she was there with people putting sandbags up, trying to keep, um, you know, people from coming in. She was tearing curtains into rags to use as bandages. And the thing that I thought was really remarkable about it was that you saw letters from people and newspaper accounts from people who were in the legation with her at the time. And they talked about sort of the light that she offered to everyone, just that sort of sense that we were going to get through this. And she sort of talked about that being something that came from her Christian science faith. And I thought that was something that was really powerful. One that I like to talk about is Cora Rigby. Uh, she was an early journalist, uh, and she found her way to the Christian Science Monitor, uh, where, where she became the first uh, woman to head uh, a Washington, D.C. news bureau. And uh, she was that at the time of her when she passed away. And not only that, but she also helped found the National Women's Press Club, at a time when women were not admitted to the National Press Club. How would you describe the impact and value of this blog series for the library in general? What has been response to it? And how does it help forward the mission of the library? I think it's a really great way not only to inform people to really get them asking questions. I think anytime I've put something up, I've gotten, you know, two or three emails, not just sort of saying, oh, you know, hey, I really liked that or this was really interesting. But, hey, you know, what was, t can you tell me a little bit more about Kay Fanning? You know, the, you mentioned this interesting thing about her. Do you know anything else about that? And I, th I think that's one of the things I really like about it is it sort of stimulates inquiry. I think, you know, these are stories about women who are, accomplishing 
good things or great things and are demonstrating qualities like courage and persistence. Mm-hmm. They're stepping out of comfort zones. Right. Oh, sure. Uh, almost all of them. They, they're, they're holding on to an ultimate goal or a, a vision. Uh, and in, in that way, I think a lot of times they do mimic the uh, example of Mary Baker Eddy and what she had to, uh, to do. And I think there's just an inherent interest in that. Yeah. And I think I think one of the really nice things about doing these is a lot of these women really had kind of an interesting journey. And I mean, I suppose that's true for everyone. None none of these experiences are really static. But I mean, if you I think a great example is the one that we just put up um, the article about Kay Fanning. And I think her story is really great. I think one of the articles I came across um, when I was researching it was called Kay Fanning, Who Would Play Her in a Movie? Um, (laughs) Which I thought was great. I'm not sure how she would have felt about it. Um, But her story was really interesting. She was born, um, she was kind of a debutante. She was the daughter of a wealthy banker in Illinois. And she married um, Marshall Field, Marshall Field IV. Um, and so you would sort of expect, have expected her to be the kind of the society wife, um, but their marriage actually ended. But one of the things that she actually sort of strangely got out of the marriage was his family had been one of the owners of the Chicago Sun-Times, and she called that kind of her initial informal education in journalism. And after her marriage ended, um, she actually had a healing of, uh, I think it was dealing with cigarettes and alcohol. Uh, and she then took her three children, packed them in a car, drove to Anchorage, Alaska, of all places, where she became a librarian for the Daily News up there. She was being paid about $2 an hour, as I recall. Um, and she started right. She did what a lot of these women did. You know, they were in difficult circumstances and they knuckled under and she started writing articles. Her articles started appearing on the front page of the newspaper and she actually ended up becoming the editor of the Daily News and she led that newspaper to win a Pulitzer Prize. And it was from that newspaper that she was hired to run the Christian Science Monitor. And you sort of see from this, it's this seemingly really unlikely path to accomplishing some really amazing and interesting things. And I think that not necessarily that specific journey, but that kind of, that does kind of in some ways parallel what you see with some of these other women. And it, it, it as I said before, it runs a gamut. It, it doesn't always have to be someone like Nelvia Ritchie, who was escaping from Mexico uh, w- during the Escobar Rebellion. It, it could be someone. <laughs> <As> one does. <laughs> <laughs> it could be someone like Helen Wood Bauman, who, who, who was humbly practicing Christian Science in in uh, Kansas City and ended up becoming uh, the. Uh, longest serving editor of the Christian Science periodicals and writing literally hundreds and hundreds of articles and editorials. Um, the stories are are unique to themselves and and in they all in their own way demonstrate those qualities I was speaking of. Well, that's terrific. I um I guess my sense from what you're saying is that, Perhaps a through line in these stories is that Christian science in some way had a uh, transformative effect on so many of these women, which in turn led them to have lives of, of transformative impact in different spheres of the world. Some, some in very, uh, very 
intimate ways and yeah. some in more tangential ways, but yeah. always. I, th- I, think that's, I think that's a really great way of putting it. And I think that's sort of a nice thing about the variety of stories we have here. I mean, the articles that, you know, were published in the Christian Science Monitor under Kay Fanning's editorship would have had a fascinating and interesting impact on people all over the world. But I think that doesn't, but in some ways, it's also as interesting to talk about someone like Sarah Pike Conger, who, you know, held a person when they were scared because they were afraid that the building they were in was going to burn down. I think these are all sort of interesting and impactful stories in different ways. Well, I love the series myself. Um, It's been helpful to me in my role as programs manager here at the library. You'll find these stories in a section called uh, Featured Articles on the blog page of the Mary Bakerty Library website. So if you'd like to explore more on our Women of History blog, go to mbelibrary.org slash W-O-H. Thanks so much, Dorothy. Thank you. And thank you, Steve. Thank you. And keep it up. It's a fascinating series of stories that you're mining and bringing to light from the archive. In our next podcast, we'll be discussing the historic Bible collection at the Mary Baker Eddy Library and the excitement it offers Bible scholars and collectors, as well as anyone with a love of scripture and religious history. Our guests will be Bible scholar, author, and collector, Dr. Donald Brake, and the library's curator, Pam Winstead. I'm Jonathan Eder, Programs Manager at the Mary Bakerty Library. Thank you for listening to Seekers and Scholars. This podcast is produced by the Mary Baker Eddy Library. Copyright 2017.